from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. G'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on Newstalk ZB in a cilia package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, Suzanne Vega, the one and only, in the studio. Uh, Wally Hamaha, is there anybody who doesn't know him and isn't somehow embroiled in this? Is it a scandal? I don't know. Uh, the cow's killed. Um, not sure why. And uh, how's how's your bus going in Wellington, guys? Uh, before any of that, a uh, bit worried about how the government's planning to spend our money. Fletchers. They might be a good example. Are you telling me the convention centre that got them into all of that trouble is a cheap and shoddy building? No. Building's fine. Fletcher's, in their desperation for the work, didn't do the numbers properly. There are many apartment buildings going up or looking to go up around this country. They will be very expensive, high-end affairs. Is it possible the developer sees the margin, not the construction firm? Doesn't mean, though, the quality isn't there. In sitting down with the government, you're asking them to put a stick through the spokes of the free market and they can't do it. Now, here's where... We do need to worry, though. If we accept that price drives margins and that in mass builds the margins are so thin it's tricky for constructors to do the numbers, who's building more than anyone else? The government. Kiwi build. How, pray tell, with the Jenny Celeste's advice of whole-of-life approach, are they building 100,000 homes at dirt-cheap prices and with a quality that will last a couple of generations? Answer is, they're not. Quantity gets you certain savings, yes, but there comes a point where cheap is just cheap. So ironic, to say the least, that they can busy themselves talking about whole of life, yet at the same time be immersed in the exact same practices they seem to be so worried about, carrying the exact same risks for thousands of builders, contractors and small businesses. Crikey, when you've got worrying like issues like that uh, to worry about, it's nice to have somebody like Suzanne Vega in the studio. Pity she decided not to sing for us this morning. Apparently it's just too early to sing. I think we can all identify with that. Uh, it wasn't too early to talk, though. So if you don't write a hit or set out to write a hit, how do you explain Luca? Um, I explain it because it was my manager, Ron Fierstein, at the time, who saw the potential of that song and said, I think that song could be a hit. And I really uh, did not think so. Uh, I thought, I, I was like, are you kidding me? It's a song about child abuse. Yeah. You know, it's a topic that's very painful. Um, it was not a song that people asked for back then. Um, but he had a vision for it. He felt it was a song about a topic, about an important topic, and he uh, and they produced it. They spent two years on the production alone of Luca, and by the time that song went to radio, it was radio ready, and it was accepted immediately at, uh, at, at Top 40 Radio. Did that change much for you personally? Because, I mean, for, for, for the casual observer of Suzanne Vega, that's the song, isn't it? That, that, yeah. that was the one that made it all over the world. Did it change it for you? It changed things overnight, uh, it, literally overnight. Um, on the Sunday night, I was performing to the same half-filled clubs I'd always played at. <laughs> and uh, uh, on the Monday after that song went to radio, I suddenly went to playing 2,000-seat uh, venues that were packed wow. um, all year long. Um, so it, it changed things uh, immediately. So it, it, it sets you up. A song will do it for you. It if, can, If, if you yeah. want success... One song, bang, you're away. If it, if it hits at radio, yeah. That's fantastic. Here's the thing I didn't know about you. Um, the German bloke who was behind MP3 yeah. had your voice as... Karl-Heinz uh, Brandenburg. Uh, yeah, yeah, Brandenburg. The perfect template to test purity 
<laughs> is 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 what he described your voice as. Well, and so he was starting MP3 and he thought, who can I do? What's the perfect test of purity? It's Suzanne Vega. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you say well, let's so. Not, yeah, if you say so. Um. <laughs> yeah, that was back in the day, of course. Now they, they just use this podcast because uh, the, uh, the production ethics are so high and my voice is so clear and powerful. What can I say? Now, is there anybody who doesn't know Wally Hamaha? We got this Hamaha business. Still, they took a tiny problem in the appointment of a bloke and went, mm, was the process good? And they've turned it into a monstrous mountain. And the latest twist is that Fletcher Tabato is family far now with Wally Hamaha. Fletcher Tabato being the deputy leader of the New Zealand First Party, referred to Hamaha as a member of his now in his maiden speech in Parliament in 2014. Is there anybody who doesn't know this guy? Everybody knows this guy. Everybody so loves no- Wally. Nothing independent going on here. I mean, it's a trouble when you're in New Zealand. It, yeah, we, it's two de- they don't call two degrees two degrees for nothing. It's because we all know everybody. Um, but in saying that, I mean, I got a text from my brother. No sooner had Mike said that, my brother texted me to say he knows him. Mind you, my brother has also never appointed him to any job either. So that's, I think that's where the issue lies. I, I, I can't even remember where the issue lies anymore. Um, not sure what the issue is uh, with the cows. Um, I mean, they, they attacked people, they were put down, and yet everybody goes, oh, you can't put down the cows. And yet if it was a dog, you would, wouldn't you? Uh, can I just tell you about the cow? It was this time yesterday that this most extraordinary cow story was breaking. And there appeared, there, first of all, it was a possessed herd and there was a woman in there who it later, it was claimed, produced some extreme karate chops. And there was a war veteran. What the, the fact he was a war veteran didn't seem to indicate to me to be part of any sort of the story. The fact he went to help the woman, the fact he once fought in the Vietnam War or was a war, Vietnam War vet, didn't appear to me to be that important to the story. But nevertheless, it became a, became a thing. So you had the Vietnam vet, the woman doing the extreme karate chops, and the cows who are possessed. And then it turns out, and the really sad thing about this is the cow and the calf got killed yesterday. Put down is what the news calls it, but they got killed. And they got killed, as far as I can work out, for being a cow. And they were in a public park, and it was widely accepted that when cows calve, they become slightly protective of their young. What a surprise. Who knew that? So why are there cows in public parks that people can wander aimlessly through, and we don't expect some difficulty? And when the difficulty does arise, suddenly it's the cow's fault for being a cow. And I listened to a little bit of Bruce overnight, and I listened to a little bit of Larry yesterday, and I listened to a little bit of Andrew, and I was very, very pleased to hear overall my um, my piecemeal survey in terms of response and support appears to be that most of us are on the side of the cow. The, these cows are sort of our Harambe. I know I said that the goat who got tasered the other week yeah. was our Harambe. But this maybe, is the cow's maybe, our Harambe. Maybe a goat, a cow, and a oh. calf... Add up to our Harambe, because Harambe was the gorilla who was just doing what gorillas do. That's exactly right. And what it boils down to is most of us, thank the good Lord, have common sense, and people being stupid is no excuse for people being stupid when a cow is just being a cow. Yeah, but if a cow is just being a cow, there's two things you do with it. Uh, You squeeze milk out of it, or you eat it. That's what cows are for. I don't understand the outpouring of cow sympathy.
They weren't tortured and killed. They were just killed. <laughs> it's like, speaking of torture, have you tried catching a bus in Wellington lately? The Wellington bus business, by the way. Uh, it's been interesting to follow the Wellington bus business. They rescheduled the schedule uh, in the last couple of weeks, and if you're listening to us in Wellington, you'll be <laughs> you'll be painfully aware of that. Uh, and, of course, the punters, all the people getting on the bus, were going, this isn't working. Excuse me, this isn't working. They said that before, of course. I happened to be in London back in June when they flipped the train schedule, and everybody goes, this isn't going to work. We can see this is going to be a monumental cluster, and sure enough, it was. We've had a Sydney situation Sydney, as well, very similar, we? exactly. So every time they adjust the schedule, yes, you probably can expect a few, what, what do they call them, teething problems? Uh, a few teething problems, but, but, but everyone in Wellington was going, this doesn't look like it's going to work, and sure enough, it wasn't. They were saying this is a disaster, except for the unions and the council. The unions, remember the unions were on the news, very, very pleased with the implementation of the new service, and the council very, very pleased with the implementation of the new well, service. I'm not quite sure, though, who who really can be blamed when... Uh, OK, so the bus driver is trying to get used to going on a different route. Yeah. But it doesn't really excuse them going the wrong way up a one-way street. No, or indeed running out of petrol. I'm just—I'm not sure that running out of petrol has got anything to do with a new route. It just seems like basic. I mean, maybe it's more complicated. Maybe it seems like reasonably basic bus driving to me. Maybe the new route was so long he ran out of petrol. Maybe that's what it was. But then he abandoned the bus. Nevertheless, as a result of the three weeks that they've been um, putting up with this, they've decided to rethink it. That's the official word this morning. They're having a. Rethink. Oh, it's a Coles bag situation. <laughs> it's amazing how many things get implemented, like major, major things, like public bus routes and timetables, based on uh, somebody having a good idea without them really thinking through all the repercussions. Or, I mean, or they, they seem to think that they've thought them through and then they haven't thought them through. It's, um, it happens all the time. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, that was Hosking That Was. I sort of sound, did I sound like a crusty old geezer at the end there? I think I might have a little bit. I'll, I'll try and sharpen up my app for tomorrow. I'll see you then with another rewrap.